0: my name is terry morrison i i usually speak to the youth i teach the youth um some of you may not know much about me uh i'm a fireman uh, i have my beautiful wife jenny we're about to have our third baby um a daughter thank you thank you i've been a christian for a number of years and a terrible christian at that okay i don't have anything to offer up to you except uh I was a sinner, and I have a great Savior. Can you say that today? I can. I can. Uh, My class, we've been going verse by verse through Matthew uh, since last June, and we're in Matthew chapter 15 right now, so that tells you I'm a lot like Brother Paul and Brother Dan. We are 15 chapters in, and, and we've gone a year now, a year. So, uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 15 today. I'm not going to do anything like Brother Dan. I don't have any uh, quick slides or anything like that. It's really awesome. I love to watch this stuff. But, uh, you know, we all have our own different styles. We all have have our own way of approaching things and teaching. And, you know, for me, what works best is I just have to stay focused on God's Word because my mind does not work as quickly as Brother Dan and Brother Paul's. So, anyhow, uh, before we start... I, t- I typically do prayer requests with my class, and for the sake of time, I can't take every prayer request, but would you raise your hand if you have something burdening you today? Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. I have I, I have things uh, all the time that are weighing down, and you know, we have to take those to the throne of grace, to the throne of mercy, and God is faithful to answer those prayers. So. As people are coming in, I want you to bow your heads. We're going to go to the Lord right now. We're just going to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for July 4th, Independence Day in America, Lord. But we have no freedom other than that freedom that you've given us in Christ. That's the true freedom. That's what we really need. We can be free all we want on this continent, in this nation, but we can be enslaved and in bondage to sin unless we have your saving grace on our lives, Father. I thank you so much for Jesus. Lord, I pray for each person here and for myself that I would handle your word carefully, but that they could hear your word clearly through me, Father, through you speaking through me. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit move among us, and I pray that each person that has a burden here today that you would take and lift that off of them. You say, come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon upon yourself. Take his yoke and learn from him. He's gentle and lowly in spirit. His yoke is easy. His burden's light, Father. That's our Savior. That's your Son. Thank you so much for Jesus. I lift his name up. I praise it today. Be with us, Father. In Jesus' holy and precious name I pray, amen. I'm going to give you a little background right now. We're going to. I'm in Matthew 15, and our, our passage today will hopefully be verses 15 through 28. You've heard how long it's taken me to get to Matthew 15, over a year, so I don't know if we'll get that far. But I'm going to give you a little background. Chapter 14, John the Baptist is killed. Peter and the disciples had just seen Jesus feed the 5,000. At that point, after he feeds the 5,000... He sends the disciples out in the boat. We've all heard this before. They encounter contrary weather, waves, wind. And then Jesus comes to them in the fourth watch of the night. You know about that. In the deepest, darkest hour when they have given up hope, Jesus comes walking. Peter sees the Lord. And this is what I want you to remember, if I can get to this later on. Peter sees the wind and the waves. And I'm in verse, let me see. Right here, verse 28 of Matthew 14, Peter answered him, said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. So Jesus says, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. And then here's a rebuke and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Peter sees him. The disciples see him walking on the water. He says, if it's you, Lord, call me to come to you. Jesus says, come. He gets out of the boat, takes his eyes off Jesus, and immediately begins to sink. But guess what? Jesus grabs him as soon as he cries out, Lord, save me. Immediately as he cried out, Jesus catches him. So they arrive to the shore. Jesus begins healing people. And we arrive in chapter 15. And my class, we've already got down basically through the first 14 verses, but I need to give you some of the background. Chapter 15, verse 1, the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress the traditions of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. They don't wash their hands when they eat bread. So this tradition that they're talking about is a ceremonial cleansing that the people, the Jews would use Uh, it's not even found in scripture from my reading and it's comes comes from the mishnah has anybody heard of the mishnah it's like an oral hebrew traditional law that they basically have come up with it's not from god's word it's not from god's word look at what jesus has answered to them he answered and said to them why do you also transgress the commandment of god because of your tradition For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father and mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father and mother, Whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God. Then he need not honor his father and mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips. Here's the issue, though, but their heart. Is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You know, verses one through nine, the Pharisees and the scribes—they've sought them out. They've come from Jerusalem. They're relying on their ceremonial washings at meals. That's all it was. It was a an orderly thing that they did. None none of these, which I've already explained, had God given these commands. And they considered these washings to be another way for them to gain a personal self-righteousness. It was outward. It was outward. And Jesus goes right to the issue. He quotes Isaiah. And he says, you draw near to me with your mouth. Honor me with your lips, but your heart. Your heart is far from me. You teach things as doctrines that are commandments of men. Not my word. Jesus is very clear. It's his word. That's important. When, when the devil's tempting Jesus, what does he use? He uses God's Word. He says, my Father says. God's Word says. He's always coming back to the Word. That's where we should always go. Then we go to verse 10. When he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear and understand, listen up. Listen up very closely. This is important. This is extremely important. Not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Defiles, okay? I looked up defiles in my dictionary, in my vines dictionary. It's mentioned five times throughout this passage. We're going to go down through verse 20. It'll be mentioned five times. It means to render unholy, unclean, polluted, counted unclean. Jesus says it five times. Not what goes into the mouth pollutes a man, but what comes out of the mouth. This renders a man unholy. Not what goes out into the mouth, what comes out of the mouth. Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? Hmm. They were offended because this was devastating to their culture as Jews. Not what goes into the mouth, not the ceremonially clean foods. You know, remember Peter on the rooftop? Whenever he's having the dream... God says, Arise, Peter, kill and eat. He's not so, Lord. I've never touched an unclean thing. I've never eaten an unclean thing. He says, Don't let what I've called holy be called unclean. Here Jesus is literally giving us that foundation. Not what goes into the mouth. Not the food that you eat renders you unholy or polluted. It's what comes out of your mouth. This defiles a man. Down to verse 13. And he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Every plant. I don't know if you guys remember the parable of the wheat and tares. It's found over in Matthew thirteen, chapter thirteen, verses twenty-four through thirty. I'm going to read this really quickly for you. This is our overview, by the way. This is I just got to get to verse fifteen, but Matthew chapter thirteen, verse twenty-four. And in a parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. This man that sows this wheat is none other than Jesus. He sowed good seed in his field. He is the sower. He tells us this later on in this passage, but for sake of time, the man that sows this is the Lord Jesus, and he's sowing his word. He's sowing good seed in his field, and it will produce a crop. This is something that, you know, if you go down to verse 26, when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, good seed produces crop. If you are a good seed and you've been planted by your Father in heaven, you will be producing fruit. You'll have fruit. We find that fruit in over in Galatians chapter 5. It's the fruit of the Spirit. If you don't have fruit today, you should do a fruit inspection. You should hold it up to the light. Hold it up to this word and say, is this my my life? Is my life producing fruit? The fruit that God says, not the doctrines and commandments of men. Not what man says your fruit should be like, but what God says. So I'm going to go back over to Matthew 15. He pronounces judgment over here in verse 14. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind and if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. This is judgment language. Forget the Pharisees. Don't worry about them. He's pretty he's pretty abrupt with them to begin with. He calls them a hypocrite. A hypocrite. For you and I, we would not be like like being called hypocrites. In their day a hypocrite was a play actor, wore a mask on stage, so is two faced. He's saying, You're two faced. You're, you're two-faced. For us, we would take it as a huge slight. I'm sure they did too. Leave him alone, he says. Now we find ourselves where our lesson is today. Verse 15. Then Peter answered and said to him, Explain this parable to us. The parable he's referring back to is verse 11. Peter says, Explain not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth this defiles a man. That's what Peter is saying. Look at Jesus' reply here. So Jesus said, are you also still without understanding? This is rebuke. You know, this is uh, the same Peter. I wrote down a few things. <laughs> he just witnessed 5,000 being fed. Over in chapter 9 of Matthew, multiple healings. He'd seen every one of these. Do you not remember walking on water, Peter? you not remember me coming to you, walking on water? Do you not remember all those things? There's way, a ton of other things we could go over, but I'm sure Jesus is, I can't even put myself into his position because I am a sinful man, but the God of heaven and earth in the flesh is saying, do you not understand this yet? Are you still without understanding? Look at verse 17. Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, there's that word again, the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. Eating unclean, ceremonially unclean foods, they don't defile a man. Not washing your hands before you eat. Well, I might call you nasty. Uh, It doesn't defile you. I mean, I think it's gross. Please wash your hands. (laughs) Uh, But Jesus gets right to the heart of the issue. Once again, it's your heart. It's your heart. God's been very clear on this. He's been very clear. If you go back to Matthew 12, when we talk about things that come out of your mouth, Matthew chapter 12. Pharisees again. Go figure. These people, they won't stop. We find them over in verse twenty-four. The Pharisees heard it. They 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 they're talking about Jesus casting out a demon, and they basically said this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. Go over to verse thirty-four, Matthew chapter twelve. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. He calls him a brood of vipers. What's a viper have in his mouth? He has fangs and poison, or should it be called venom. I'm sorry for all the science people here. Venom, fangs and venom. He kills with his mouth, and it comes from his heart. It comes from his heart. Jesus called them a brood of vipers. Once again, a huge rebuke because what they were concerned on was all outward. They were concerned about the law. They were concerned about doctrines of men. I'm going to wash up and clean up in front of you. And I'm going to tell you today, if I step out from behind here and I got nice clothes on, I can be as clean as they come out here. But if I haven't been washed in here, it means, it means nothing. means nothing in front of a holy god it means nothing to him i used to have a baseball coach he was in college somebody come to the plate and they may look really good and he was this guy was a jerk he would say hey he's just dressed up out throw strikes and i was like wow that's terrible i mean you can hear him say that just a dressed up out you can be a dressed up center you can just be a dressed up center dressed up center Jesus is always after the heart. He's not after the outward showing. You know, when I think about this, and Brother Paul admonishes us every time to think of these things, when we read Scripture, think of it in light of reading this as a first century Jew. First century Jew. This is our foundation, okay? If we're first century Jews, our foundation is the law. It is the prophets. It is what God has told us to do. We do all these ceremonial things. We come in, we, we kill lambs and bulls and goats, but he's not desired that. He's not desired that. This is destroying the entire thought process of the average Jew of that day, keeping the law and commandments, observing ceremonial practices that would make them righteous. But it will not be the first time God's spoken about the heart, would it? No, it wouldn't. If you read the Old Testament at all, which I love the Old Testament, we can just go over to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 59, behold, this is chapter 59, verses 1 through 3. You don't have to follow me here. But behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Nor is ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you. Your sins have hidden His face from you, so that He will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood. If we have dirty hands... It's because they're defiled with blood, because we have an iniquitous heart, and our sins have hidden his face from us. Your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies. Oh, there's your mouth coming into the equation. Your tongue has muttered perversity. My mouth coming into the equation. How do we come to the Lord? Clean hands and a pure heart. How can that happen? Book of Jeremiah. We've all heard this passage before. Chapter 17, verses 9 and 10. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Ezekiel, chapter 36. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart. And put a new spirit within you, I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. didn't say that you're not going to sprinkle clean water on yourself and you're going to be clean. you're going to cleanse yourself from your filthiness, from all your idols, from all your washings, from all your doings. He said, I will do that work. Salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is his work. You know what I found? I did all the sin and he did all the saving. Have you found that in your life? I'll give you a new heart, he says. A new spirit within you. Take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of of flesh. A heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone. Go back over to Matthew 15. You'd think he'd keep going right here, wouldn't you? He leaves. (laughs) He just leaves him with this. Verse 21 then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Behold, the woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. First of all, let's look at the disciples here. These are Jewish men. Send this Canaanite woman, send this unclean woman away from us. She cries out after us. Get her away from us, please. Get her away from us. They're still in the they're still under the burden of this law, under the burden of get this unclean person away from me. But look at what Jesus says to her. This is probably very foreign to all of us. When you read this, his answer, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. We take that as a firm rebuke. I wasn't sent to you, don't we? You know, I had to think long and hard about this. I had to think about this in the manner of a first century Jew. Over here in Matthew chapter 10, when Jesus sends out the 12, he says, don't go into the way of the Gentiles. Do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you preach go saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand so here we are a Canaanite woman comes to the Lord and listen to what she says have mercy on me O Lord son of David my daughter severely demon possessed and he, he replies to her I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel he doesn't deny what she says she comes to him and says son of David and he says you're coming to me as the Messiah the Messiah sent To the Jews. If you're coming to me seeking lineage, if you're coming to me seeking kinship, if you're claiming those things, I wasn't sent to you in that manner. Let's read on what he says. She came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Ah, we would be rebuked we would hate that would, would your pride get up in the way of this mine would Mine would, because I'm a sinner but the, the humility of this woman Jesus he says it's not good to take the children's bread throw it to the little dogs he's talking about the lost sheep of the house of Israel hey you can't come to me that way you can't come to me and call me son of David you're not one of the children of the promise in that manner you and I aren't. We're Gentiles. We have to come to Him and we have to say, Lord and Master. We have no heir with Him through bloodline. That's another legal concern of the Jews. And this woman, He wasn't wanting her to come to Him that way. He wanted her to come to Him in faith. Last resort. That's the only way we can come to Christ. We have to come with empty hands. We have to walk in. And we have to approach Him. And say, Lord, I have nothing. We have to fall down. She worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Look at his answer. Jesus answered and said to him, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. You know, I find myself at times thinking about this word, thinking about what God's done in my life, thinking about how I came to salvation. And I, I don't know about you, but I think sometimes I get it all wrong. I get to thinking I did something. I, I talked yesterday to a men's group in Bowlegs, Oklahoma. And uh, I'm going to tell you, I was just not very, uh, I was not very clean about it. I was really broken over it. I was really broken in the way I presented to them. I could hardly get through the message without crying. You know why? Because God's been doing a work on my life. He's been breaking me of myself. And I told you to keep in mind what Peter did. Did I not? I started out talking about chapter 14, how Peter had faltered when he stepped out of the boat. When he saw the wind, the waves, and he took his eyes off of Christ. What all, all he had to do was cry out, though, Lord, save me. Romans chapter 9, verse 16 says, It's not to him who wills. It's not to him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. It's not to him who wills, him who works, who runs, who tries to do things. It's not ceremonial cleansings. It's not the way you were born. It's not what you do. It's of God who shows mercy. And I know Brother Paul is going to preach an evangelistic message today. And so, you know, this really comes to be an evangelistic passage. It's... Most people probably wouldn't take it that way. They're like, well, he's just pretty much slapped down the Pharisees, scribes. He's, he's called them a brood of vipers, all of those things, hypocrites. But how do you find evangelism in that? Because Jesus is right there. And he's quick to save those that come to him and cry out, Lord, help me and save me, Master. I'll take whatever crumbs you give me. He'll give you the grace that you need. He'll give you the grace that you need. I spoke to those men at Bowlegs yesterday, and they said, man, that was very raw and authentic. And I said, man, I really wanted it to be a little more polished. I wanted it to be a little more clean, you know. But I can't come to you today in that manner. I can't come to you as somebody that's done something. Paul says in Galatians, God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Have you been crucified to the world today? Have you come to the Master with things in your hands and says, Lord, look at me? That's pharisaical. I don't look down on the Pharisees. I'm going to tell you, I was a Pharisee. I was a true Pharisee. I knew all the law. And by lineage and by birth, I had Christian parents. I thought I could come to Christ that way. And I was rejected. He said, you can't come to me that way. I wasn't sent to you that way. You're not able. You're not capable. You must come calling me Lord. You must come through the blood. You're defiled. What's in your heart is polluted. It's rendered unholy. It's unclean. You must come to me claiming me as Lord, calling out to me. You must look to me like Peter and you must cry out, Lord, save me, save me. I'm not here to take Brother Paul's gusto today. Maybe I'll be like the Paul and he'll be the Apollos. I may plant and he may water here in just a few minutes. But God will give the increase. Do you know him today? I want you to ask yourself that question. Have you come to him like a Pharisee? Are you in his house today like a Pharisee? Are you relying upon lineage? God has no grandchildren. I don't care how many of your family members are Christians. He has no grandchildren. Just by relation, that won't get you into heaven. You have to come to Him, calling Him Lord and Master. Do you have fruit in your life today? You know, what Jesus said the things of that uh, He was talking about earlier in Matthew 15. You know, He was telling us, these are the things that come out of the heart. You know, murders, adulteries. All these things that he was speaking about. You know, Galatians speaks to those things. Paul in chapter 5 says, I say, Then walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh, the law, the lineage, the bloodlines, all the washings, these all lust against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand. Just as I told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the natural man. That's the man that's defiled in his spirit. That Jesus reveals to the Pharisees, this is what you're like. He gives us, Paul right over here, gives us just a much more comprehensive list. The Pharisees knew what Jesus was saying. And we talked about the fruit of the Spirit though. When God's Spirit rests in you and dwells in you, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. The law no longer matters. You're no longer under the law. You're no longer sold under sin. He's bought and purchased you. You're his purchased possession. Sorry, I can't speak. You're his purchased possession. Now when we uh, examine the way that we come to God, we examine the way that the woman of Canaan came to him. She came to a Lord that said, I wasn't sent to you in that way. She came to him as a dead woman. Ephesians chapter 2 says, "In you he made alive. You he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. And when you once walked according to the course of this world. You and I, we walked that way. We were polluted. We were defiled. We could try to do it by works, but we couldn't enter that way. Jesus says there is a way. There is a way. Matthew chapter 7, he says, There's a narrow path, and it's difficult. Few will enter by it. It's, you're going to strive to enter through that way. And then in John 14, he says, I am that way. I am that way. You have to walk through the gate. John chapter 10, he says, There is a gate. I am the sheep gate, and my sheep hear my voice. When I call them, they come. You know, when Peter's in the boat, and he says, Lord, if that's you, call me to come to you. He says, Come. Guess what? Peter gets out of the boat. But we're all like Peter, we're going to stumble, we're going to fall. Be encouraged today, you're going to stumble, you're going to fall. Cry out for him immediately, he will grab you. He'll pick you back up. He won't let you sink, drown. You're his. You're his purchased possession. Verse 10 of chapter 2 of Ephesians, you're his workmanship. What's being done in you? You've been created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. You and I should walk in these. We should have fruit, Galatians chapter 5. We should be bearing fruit, and it should be evident in your life. If it's not not evident in your life today, you need to get back to this, and you need to come to Him like the woman of Canaan, crying, Lord and Master. He'll give you life. He'll give you life. We have 13 minutes left. I might get you out early, and you may get extra donuts and coffee. This will be a record for me. Do you know the Savior today? It's Independence Day in America. I expect everybody to come back with all their fingers next week. Don't blow yourself up. Uh, It's Independence Day in America. For some of you, it may be the day of salvation. Some of you, you may not know Him. You may not know Him. Do you have fruit? Do you know the Savior? That's all I can offer you today. I don't have anything to boast about me. I have God's Word. And I stand firmly upon it. I was a sinner, but I was found by the Savior. He called me, and I cried out, Lord, that's all I did. He did all the saving. I did all the sinning. Do you know that to be true today in your life? I know it to be true in mine. The little crumbs that fell from the table were more than enough to save me. And I didn't take it as some kind of slight... I had to come to Him in humility, come to Him that today in that way. I love you all. Thank you so much. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, may Your Word bear fruit in us. May we seek those things which are above with Christ. Lord, may we not, may not take our eyes off the Savior, looking unto Jesus, as Hebrews says, the author and finisher of our faith, the one where our faith originated from, The one that will see it through. Don't let us take our eyes off of him. But if we do stumble, Lord, you are faithful to save us. Help us to cry out to you. Father, I pray if there's a sinner today that needs to hear your word, speak through Brother Paul. Speak through him. Lord, thank you for our nation. Call people to repentance. We need it so badly. We're so evil and wicked. We've turned from you. We need you, Lord. Thank you so much. I love you, Father. Be with these men and women. In Christ's most precious name I pray. Amen.